welcome. You're listening to the Wine and Whiteboards podcast. We're a team of five badass women who will be your sommeliers to the marketing world. We work and whiteboard together at our nine to five every day in B2B marketing. We're a small, scrappy team that's picked up a few secret hacks along the way, and we want to share our crazy ideas with you. Let's call it an anything but ordinary guide to marketing and design. From Chardonnay to Rosé, we've got your marketing sips and design tips. Now that's worth raising a glass to, so grab your favorite vino and join us. Welcome everyone to another episode of Wine and Whiteboards. It's been a year since we launched the Wine and Whiteboards podcast, and we can hardly believe it. It's been such a fun year, and we've grown so much, and we've learned a lot. So if you're looking to start your own podcast, we want to help make your life a tad easier and give you a taste of what you're in for, because honestly, I think it was probably more than all of us thought. So stay tuned if you want some tips and tricks to stay organized, how to build a following, and think 50 episodes down the road. So before we dive in, let's do our sips of the day. Who wants to start off with their drink? Hi, Ken. Um, Paige, I am doing a mimosa with Groovy Dry Secco. It's a non-alcoholic um, sparkling wine. And I'm really happy to say this is probably one of my last couple of weeks with non-alcoholic. So Yay. looking forward to getting back to the real stuff. Um, but for now, this tasted pretty good on this hot day. Maybe next time we record, you'll actually have a real alcohol. Yeah. I mean, I'll have to like pump and dump, but like whatever. <laughs> I was wondering. Well, I can go next. I am drinking the bread and butter Savion Blanc. And it is smooth and crisp at the same time. It's super delicious. This is one of my new favorites that has been is a it, staple in my fridge. Is it buttery? No. That's I don't know why misleading. they call it bread and butter. It is very misleading. Because I hate butter, Chardonnays, and Sauvignon Blancs. Like, I, it's do, just, I do too. I don't think it's buttery. And I know exactly what you're talking about because that's exactly why I don't like Chardonnays. Um, but no, it's not very, it's not buttery. It's actually quite crisp. It's very good. I enjoy it. Bad branding. <laughs> it is. I don't. I wonder if they call it bread and butter because, like, it. I feel like it goes with everything. It's a staple. So, yeah. Isn't that the saying of like bread and butter? Like it's a staple in your house or something. Yeah. I. I think. I think that's where they were trying to go with it. But yeah, you're right. For something that's like the exact same color as a Chardonnay, and calling it bread and butter, you would automatically think like buttery. But anyway. Uh, okay. it's, I'll go next. <laughs> I am keeping it simple. I'm just having a mango white claw today. The best flavor. Tis the season. <laughs> How geriatric of you, Kelly. <laughs> I'm pretty Actually, sure that really is more of like a Gen Z thing. So you are a hip geriatric millennial. If yeah. that's a thing. You should start your own sect. I know, except I really hate the term geriatric, so it really is just not, it's not great. New podcast, The Geriatric Millennials, and all we do is talk about things from the 80s and 90s. That would actually be sounds pretty kind of fun. Awesome. I think it sounds fun. We could invite Cody Rigsme from Peloton, too, because I feel like all he does is talk about, like, early 90s songs and, like, Alanis Morissette and... I would be all about that. We'll have our side parts and our skinny jeans. And that will be. <laughs> exactly. 
today, this is Sarah, and I'm drinking F Nat. I have never had this before. It's E-F-F-N-A-T. So I think it's shortened for naturally effervescent, which effervescent is a fun slash hard word to say, especially if you've been drinking effervescent wine. Um, it's by Mobby, one of our favorites up north. And I don't really understand their description. They say a friendly jest to the pet gnat style. Does anyone know what a pet gnat style is? Am I No, I'm really confused by all of this branding. Like, wouldn't you want your wine to be called effervescent versus F gnat? It that just sounds it just sounds like a I don't know a bug or something weird that I I'm not <laughs> like wine. a gnat bug. Yeah, it says that it's once it's fermented. It says once fermented, finishing in this bottle, effervescent, natural, not carbonated, fresh, dry, aromatic, and fruit forward. I don't understand how it's not carbonated because it literally exploded all over my kitchen floor when I opened it. <laughs> so I was like, if this is not carbonated, I don't know what's going on in here. Like, an, it's a fermentation causing it. So I just Googled what effervescent means because I actually think it's a very beautiful word. I very much like this word. You can name your future child effervescent, but call her like Effie. <laughs> oh, that's actually kind of cute. Effie. I would name them effervescent, but like but Effie is cute. Um, but the definition of it is truly of a liquid giving off bubbles or fizzy. So like effervescence is the escape of gas from an aqueous solution. Aqueous solution and the foaming or fizzing that results from that release. Therefore, literally, I think it means carbonated and bubbles and fizzy, but didn't you just read it and it said it's not carbonated? Well, Mobby is all bubbly, right? Yeah. We should reach out to them and ask for more information. Yeah, like, please clarify. I'm, I'm genuinely... many questions. It's very strange. I learned a new word today, too. Effervescent. What the hell? You've never heard effervescent before? <laughs> no. Katie. <laughs> What did you think? I'm being such a jerk today. Katie what was like, she was like, words are hard. <laughs> well, what is Katie drinking? Something with a mean streak. Clearly way too much. Um, so I am drinking the uh, Bonobo Rosé, still part of their wine club. I think I get this as a gift every month until December. Hopefully my husband buys it for me again because I do thoroughly enjoy this. And I was actually on the website today for Bonobo because I was curious about how long my membership lasted. And I didn't realize that I get, this is not a promo. I did not realize that I get 20% off of merch and free tastings when I go and a bunch of other things. And I was just up in Traverse City and I didn't go because I couldn't get a reservation. They were all booked up. So oh, that's a special good. reservation for a wine club member. You like you would think they would, I don't know, not like they can boot people out, but yeah. So oh, my wait. fault for not looking into it until now, but I'm sad. Yours is a month, like this sounds stupid, but your wine club subscription gives you wine monthly. Yeah, I get two bottles every month, or they do offer six bottles twice a year. Okay, that's the way better way to do it, because I have two, they give me six bottles like twice a year, but then you get like, it's just, it's too much all at once, like you feel overloaded, like I like if you were to spread it out. I'm starting to feel like an alcoholic because my wine subscription is like six bottles and it was like every two months that I was getting a cup. 
Don't worry, Kelly. My wine budget's going to go back up once I'm off the the pregnancy train. We oh, would I usually... haven't even thought about that. You've probably saved so much money, Paige. Well, my husband, I think, has diverted that to um, buying liquor. So he somehow got into whiskey and bourbon while I've been pregnant, oh. which well, luckily I don't even, yeah, and I don't like it. So luckily he's drinking that instead of wine. So I'm not like FOMO. But no, we would do like three bottles at least a week. So that adds up. So don't don't worry, sure. you're not an alky. Thanks. <laughs> come out, baby. I need baby to come out so I don't feel left alone my <laughs> consumption. We can drink virtually. I think Paige and Chad were downing like three bottles a week at one point, she said. Yeah, easily. I mean, That's like, crazy. we're not, it makes me sound bad, but like, you have like, two people and you have two glasses each it's pretty much like gone and Mm -hmm. if you pair it with dinner and stuff then I was just gonna say we actually started pairing wine with dinner so I feel like we were having it like every dinner every night and like you definitely do go through bottles like a lot faster when you do that because like you have like oh just a little bit here with dinner and then you like refill because you're like oh dinner's not quite over but I'm out of wine so I'm gonna have a little (laughs) bit more and then like it just kind of becomes like this little like you know uh, little habit you just keep filling up I'm living my life and after this it's nine months I haven't been able to drink so bring it bring it back <laughs> I did go to a Reiki lady the other day I don't know if I, I told Sarah oh. about this I didn't tell everybody else but like I went to a Reiki lady the other day she told me that she was getting like a reading or like a an energy from my liver and she said that I needed to slow down on the drinking <laughs> And I was like, I have definitely increased my alcohol consumption over the past, like, six months, so. You're still catching up from that year that you didn't have any. That's exactly it. I should have just told her, like, Sandy, it's fine. Also, everyone everyone has increased their alcohol consumption this year, so. I mean, we're fine. We're not alcoholics, everybody. We just enjoy a glass or two every once in a while. Or maybe three or four times a week, but whatever. Whatever. Yeah. So moving since on. we all, what? <laughs> so moving on. <laughs> yeah, let's just, let's keep going. So now that we've all shared what we're drinking, um, we can dive into what we've learned because I think we've learned quite a lot this last year. And it's been a lot more than I think we expected. Like we, like Katie said in the beginning, we kind of were like, oh, you know, we'll just record, we'll, you know, post it and then we'll get all followers like, like that, you know? not really how it works. So we kind of wanted to give you some tips and tricks of how to do it yourself. So it's a little bit easier on your side. Can I so also, number one, oh, sorry, go. I was just going to say before we dive in, like guys, it's been a year. Yeah. We have been doing this for a year. How crazy is that? A year. Well, we've all been working from home for a year, which is even weirder. Oh yeah. That's weird too. All of it's weird, but it's been a year. But anyway, go ahead, Paige. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. No, you're totally fine. The first one is it's important to stay organized. And that's kind of my motto in life as well. So podcasts, you really want to be on like a consistent schedule because one of my biggest pet peeves with podcasts, because I listen to them so much, is when they're not consistent because I kind of expect a podcast to be posted consistently every week or every couple of weeks. And when it's random, it just gets confusing and I'm not expecting it. So I'm not actually that like avid of a follower if they do that, if that makes sense. So for example, we post wine and whiteboards on Wednesdays and it's twice a month because then our audience knows it's those Wednesdays we post on social as like reminders. 
It's okay to mess around with your schedule too. You can change it. We were doing it weekly and that was just too much for us to keep up with on top of our full-time job. So we scaled it back to twice a month. That seemed a little more manageable so we could do other things. That's a good point. Cause I think we all were like, oh, let's, let's do it. We'll get more followers if we post every week. But then it was like, well, that's all we're doing is recording and editing and posting. And it was just like, it just kept going and we're like, well, this is a passion project. We're not doing this full time. So we had to rein it back in. And I think it, we're still giving out better content almost because we've gone down to two a month. Right. And that's what was more important to us. We wanted to make sure that we were producing quality content. So quality, not quantity is what was most important to us. And we chose Wednesdays because of Wine Wednesday. So it doesn't matter if you have any rhyme or reason, but pick a day, pick a schedule and stick to it. I feel like we definitely did have the perception that if you post more content and in hindsight, it seems almost silly, right? But it was like, well, if we post more content, it makes it more visible for people. We'll get more followers. We'll get more listeners. It'll grow. And I think we learned that what happened was it was taking up our time so that we didn't actually have the ability to step back and say, how do we want to be more strategic? How do we really want to grow this? How do we insert some of our energy and make sure that we're focusing on the right things? Whereas it became more of like a content engine where we were just trying to churn out content and we lost a little bit of that strategic energy. Well, also at one point, Paige, when we were churning out episodes every week, I don't think you had enough time for promotion on social media. You would promote it maybe two, three times and it was already time to promote the next episode. So I feel like we were sharing all these good nuggets and takeaways, but sometimes they were being lost because we didn't have anywhere to put them or store them or share them. We were already moving on to the next thing. And in the end, you also have to leave time for other things. So you have to leave time to write the content or create the outlines. And schedule and a lot longer than you think, too. Oh my gosh. Like all of us try and do as much as we can with building outlines. But to be honest, you want to bullet it out. You, you don't want to add like a ton of detail, but it still takes time. It probably takes at least two hours to build an outline. And then everyone on the team for us, we want to review it and add to it. So that's a that's a time suck. And typically you get stuck at some point if you're the person creating the outline where you need someone else to just jump in and take it the rest of the way because you're kind of done, tapped out. And not that our episodes are scripted or anything. We just like to keep our thoughts organized and we care about providing valuable insights and quality content and making sure that we are providing the best value to our listeners. I'm sure there's a lot of podcasts where people just get on and spew a bunch of unorganized thoughts, but we ha- we take pride on like taking the time to put the episodes together and thinking about it overnight, weekly, whatever, so that we're helping our audience to the best of our ability. Because I think that's what we would all expect of podcasts that we listen to and resources that we enjoy. Yeah, so once you have like the content, which we share and we do it on Google, um, what's it called? Google, Google Docs. Docs. Yeah, so that all of us can access it and edit it. <laughs> I know I'm an idiot. But once we write the content, we have to schedule the recording because, I mean, all of us have different lives. There's five of us. So if you are a podcast of one, lucky you, you can do whatever. But if you have more people, you kind of want to put it on the calendar ahead of time. So we've actually decided to do scheduled recordings maybe a month or two months out if we're lucky. And that helps us to stay on task and not kind of like 
get to where we almost have to post an episode and be like, oh crap, we don't have anything like scrambling that that's just not fun. Well, and we, I think what we've done is we've reverse engineered it where we've said like, okay, we want to post on these days in the upcoming months. And here are the topics that we want to post on knowing that that's when we want to post and that's the topic. How soon do we need to create the outline? How soon do we need to get something on the calendar to record? How soon do, and then how much time do we need to leave for editing where we started with the date the go live date, so to speak. And then we worked backwards from there. And I think that's worked pretty well for us. And I think we've gotten better at it as time went on. It did get really, really tricky back when we had adjusted. Cause at one point in time we did move to that every week schedule. And that's where it got hard to get all that timing correct and get things on the calendar and make sure we had enough time. And it created a scheduling challenge for sure. So in addition to writing the content, scheduling the recordings, actually recording the episodes, that's a time suck. We'd love to say we've got our super efficient and down pat, but it takes us like two hours to record one episode, mainly because we chit chat in the beginning and then dive in like an hour later. But it's our fun time that I feel like we actually all enjoy it. Hopefully, No, that's why we like doing this. We get on tangents. Sometimes the tangents make it into the episode. Sometimes we have to cut them because We do try and stay an hour under just because you guys don't want to listen to us. But then there comes the dreaded editing episode. And I don't think any of us really like that. I honestly don't know if any podcaster likes editing. It just, it takes a long time. We try and divvy it up between all of us. So it's fair, but you do end up having to almost listen to the entire thing while you edit. So it could take double the time. Some people hire it out, but we edit all of our own episodes And Descript has saved me so much time, thanks to Sarah's recommendation. I love editing in Descript versus GarageBand. I think people hire it out when they've made it. And that's like, I was like, (laughs) if we ever make this, guys, we are hiring this out. I don't want to do this. I will happily pay someone to take my turn. Yeah, I at least knew, like, going into it, editing takes a lot compared to whatever you guys were used to doing, like with me doing my videos and whatnot. But it's at least double the time of how long your recording is, is how long it's going to take you to edit that. So just keep that in mind of however long your episode is. And that's, you know, us spewing off all of our other stuff. So if it's two hours long of us recording, it's going to be at least four hours of editing. (laughs) That's so sad. Well, like when you're editing, like Katie said, we use Descript. So they have the ability to remove all the ums or likes, like filler words with a click. So that was a big game changer changer for us. But otherwise, if you're doing GarageBand, that's a little scrappier. You have to kind of listen and do it yourself. It can get pretty tedious. But as far as like other editing things, we try and remove things that, you know, we fudged up or whatever, or we're not comfortable putting out into the the universe forever. So those are things you kind of have to think about when you do edit. I feel like I was Charlie from the Chocolate Factory who like won the golden ticket because I was the one that didn't have to do a ton of editing right off the bat because I didn't have a separate computer where I could download the editing software. And then we discovered Descript and that has gone away. But I since feel like you guys have skipped me in the rotation. So now I feel like I do have to raise my hand, especially Paige with you going out on maternity. I have to, you know, volunteer as tribute and so this do episode my fair is share. You're having in your honesty. This episode can be mine. Yes. I volunteers tribute. What's that that symbol that they do? And yes, there we go. In the Hunger Games. Uh, Yes. So I did get away from it for a little while. But to be fair, I feel like for a while I was constructing outlines 
And like now that has definitely become more of a shared task. So I feel like I need to pull my weight in the editing department. But one of the things after we've edited, so I feel like we've gotten into a decent process with the editing. And then you have to schedule them to go live. So we use Podbean to schedule, but there's plenty of other tools out there. There's a lot. So definitely go ahead and do your evaluation. We went with Podbean right off the bat because it seemed very simple, but there's plenty of others that you can look at and they all have different features, different benefits, different costs, something to look into. And then promotion, like we we owe Paige for this one. Paige has really owned a lot of our social and promotion. And I think that takes you a lot of time. Like Paige, how much time do you think you spend on, you know, building our social media feed? And oh, Sarah just gave them a little clap in teams. <laughs> oh, that was so cute. Um, I've gotten more efficient with it over time. But in the beginning, I'd spend like maybe a half hour a day just kind of going through and getting stuff ready. But now, because we use Descript, we do transcripts, too, from it. So we can transcribe everything we've said. So instead of me writing it from scratch, from what I remember or off the top of my head, I can kind of pull some content and make it relevant. And that's helped. I use Planoly to do all of our scheduling. I can do it months in advance, which has helped me with going on maternity leave here soon. I'm trying to get a couple months out. So auto posting and stuff. And that's been, in my opinion, a game changer. If you're looking for more content repurposing tips, we do have the Scrappy Marketers Guide available. You can purchase it now. It's live. But Paige, that's a great example of how we've repurposed the content and how it saved you time. Like how easy is it to copy and paste things from the podcast transcript and then put it into a social media caption? I mean, I know I'm sure it needs some like cleaning up. Like, for example, I just totally stuttered and like, I don't know what that looks like in descripts, to be honest. But it probably needs a little bit of cleaning up, but I'm sure it takes far less time than building from scratch. Which we should maybe point out that Descript doesn't catch everything word for word, at least the version that we're using. We don't have like the fancy Premiere one. But if you do want to use that and maybe get a little laugh as you're looking at how it kind of transcribes some words, enjoy that. The nice part, though, is when you do stutter or if you have a whole paragraph you just want to remove, you literally just highlight it and click delete, which I was using GarageBand before Descript and I don't know, Descript saved me because being able to read the words and just truncate whenever we have these weird faux pas and like awkward moments or when we get off topic and then we decide we just want to get rid of that entirely, you can just read what happened, delete it, and it's gone. It's pretty amazing. Truncate is a new word I did not know. So thank you, Sarah. <laughs> We're all learning new words today. Add it to the vocab. <laughs> there are certain benefits to GarageBand, though. Like, I don't want to completely, like, crap all over GarageBand. Like, that's where we paired, like, our intro music with our intro recording and things like that. And I don't know how I would do that in a different tool. I'm sure there's other ways to do that. But that was definitely the easiest for me when I was putting all that together. And you get to, I don't know what it's called, like, gradually lead into it and gradually lead out and things like that. So definitely beneficial when working with the music. And it's scrappy. It's free if you have a Mac. I mean, yeah. So there's, it's it's just how you want to get started. We started with GarageBand. I think maybe like three to five months in, we decided to go and pay for Descript to do this. And we're not, we don't have a sponsorship with Descript. We're just big fans. So that's why we keep saying it. But we're able to use all that content on social so that we can engage with our listeners and share the tips and tricks in multiple ways because there's a chance that 
we only have people who listen to our podcast or we only have people who follow us on social. So we want to make sure that all of that information is shared because, you know, why not? We we spent the time doing it. It's well worth um, kind of keeping. What am I trying to say? <laughs> it's well worth continuing to share. Yeah. We'll leave it at that. Fair Keeping enough. everyone on the same page. Oh, there sure. you go. Sure. A little wordsmithing there. Honestly, that's um, probably a good segue, though, because keeping everybody on the same page is our next one of using a project management tool. And we use Asana. We do surprise. this to stay organized. What? Surprise? Surprise. We use Asana. <laughs> we love do Asana. Do you spell it? Do people, I assume, I guess people probably know what Asana is now. But like, it's like A-S-A-N-A. It's not like like a sauna that you go into sweat in. It's like a sauna. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Descript has gotten it wrong. So just putting they it do. out there. Yeah. It's true. But no, we use that to pretty much have everything in there. We have all of our topic ideas. We have our dates of when we want to go live, when we're recording. We share all of our documents for our outlines in there. It's It's been a great tool for us to be able to collaborate because we have five of us. It can get a little crazy if we're using, you know, Word documents, we're emailing back and forth. It just, it won't work very well. It's also free too, at least the version we use. You can upgrade to pay for it. And we would have some extra fancy features that I'm sure Paige would be in love with because then you can add verticals and assign different categories and tasks that we're not able to do. But for a free tool, it has quite a bit of functionality. I was just Googling Asana because I figured it was had to do with a yoga pose or some sort of meditation practice or something. Cause I was curious. I was like, what does Asana actually mean? And it is, it's a, a yoga pose. And I think from what I'm gathering real quick here is that it's a standard yoga pose that you can go into multiple different poses from it. So it makes sense that they chose that name. And I think of Zen when you think of like Asana project management. Is that when, instead of saying Asana, do they say Asana? Is that what an asana is? Is asana, isn't asana like a yoga term? Um, or am I saying it completely yeah, wrong? Because I feel like it, there's um, like savasana. 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 That's the one where you lay down. And I know <laughs> it's our favorite. Yes. Isn't my new wine term is asana? <laughs> yes. Savasana is the one where you lay down. And I know this because that's the only yoga pose that my husband likes. And because I'll be like, oh, will you do when I was pregnant? It's like, will you do some prenatal yoga with me? And he's like, well, I'll do savasana. I'm like, <laughs> it's a nap. You pretty much take a nap. Okay. <laughs> um, take a nap. One more random tangent here. I was doing, I had, I was paying for Beach Body on Demand, which is awesome. But if you don't use it, it's not as awesome and also doesn't show you any results. <laughs> so I let it lapse and I found Fit On. And they have celebrity people. So what's his name from Queer Eye? Jonathan? Um, from oh, Queer Eye does some. Yes. And his are really funny. And then I find ones because I'm like, I need to ease my way back into this. So these ones that are called like total floor and things where, or get floored. And all you do is sit on the floor. It's <laughs> <laughs> amazing. <laughs> I love that. My fitness has last too. I mean, I'm eight. I'm like eight and a half months pregnant here. So it's like, I will do a walk. I will do maybe like a standing yoga these days. <laughs> I tried to do a full-blown prenatal yoga and the belly just gets in the way with every single position. So I just, I've given up. I'll do meditation. That, that's the extent of my Peloton these days. 
Paige will eat ice cream on the couch yeah, every <laughs> night. Yeah. Sounds amazing. No judgment here from me. No judgment. No, I'm, <laughs> I would take that opportunity a hundred percent. So that's Asana. So obviously you've heard us talk about Asana over and over and over. We absolutely love it. It's been, I mean, it's a lifesaver for us, especially since we have five people you know, involved in the podcast. I will say I find it very challenging using Gmail to go back and forth with emails. Something about it is different than Outlook. I prefer Outlook as an email mechanism, actually. Something about long threads in Gmail gets challenging. I agree, but we did create a podcast-specific email with Gmail. So we have like whiteboards at gmail.com. And I would say that was good from the standpoint of creating this one source where guests or listeners can email us, but also it comes with like a G suite of, of tools, right? So we have like drive and forms and docs and sheets and slide, and we've used all of those and it came with 15 gigabytes free. So we're just now approaching our storage limit and we've been deleting some things. But if you do want to upgrade, it's super cheap to do so. It's like $1.99 a month for an extra like 100 gigabytes or something crazy like that. So I feel like it does give you flexibility for the additional storage and communication. I also think Gmail is a good way to do it for if you have a lot of different logins, because we have different assets like Descript, Asana, like we said. And if you're going to use a personal email, there's five of us. So it's kind of hard to give people your email and share the login. It's it's a lot easier to do it from a Gmail that everyone has access to, and you can save that password and everything there. So since we decided to create an email just for Wine and Whiteboards, which we recommend doing it for your own podcast, we did this from day one because there's a lot of different ways that you can utilize your email. And a good way to do it is to ask your listeners to subscribe because that's, I mean, the ultimate, you know, thing to do for podcasts, I guess. And then also it helps you with things later on. Like we didn't decide to do um, eBooks or webinars until later in our podcast journey. But now that we have that, we have email lists that we can kind of reach out to people. So that was a really big add on. I think it's just something that you, to include like from the very beginning and it's helpful. It, it can't hurt to do it too soon, if that makes sense. You might not get a ton and don't let that discourage you. But know that doing it from day one is better than not doing it, even if you have, you know, nobody who's filling out the form or just a couple people. You and might regret if you don't do it from day one because you could be missing out. So it's a really quick, easy step to do and just check off the list. And if you don't know how to create your own email list or create a form to subs to, for subscribers to submit to, like go Google it because that's probably one of our biggest takeaways here is Google what you don't know. Because like none of us had ever launched a podcast before. We didn't really know what we were doing or what tools we needed or what type of process we should have or what a launch looks like. So we started Googling it and we started figuring out how other people have done it. What other tools have people had? What recommendations? What pitfalls to look out for? And there's just a lot that you don't know when you get started and that's okay. Don't feel like you have to have it all figured out because if you feel like you have it all figured out, then you're probably doing something wrong. Like I feel like that's like a good a good gut check. So like we've said before, did you Google it? And if not, go do that first. One of the big things I think I consistently Googled in the beginning was GarageBand because I had never really used it before. 
I was kind of just like going on the fly and I was like, all right, how do I, how do I cut this audio so I can delete things? And like, you can literally just type that into Google and it gives you the answer. So why, why not do that? Well, and there's so many, like some, some of these like businesses that we see even in our own, you know, social network are businesses that are designed to help you create podcasts or launch a podcast or, grow your podcast. So there's tons of free resources out there if you just look for them. So don't, you know, don't miss out because you don't actually go look. One of my favorite things, I think you got this from an actual, another podcast page, didn't you? Where it said, think 50 episodes down the road. And this is probably one of the best pieces of advice that we ever saw, heard, whatever. You don't want to run out of ideas in a year. You don't want to go too high level or too general because you'll run out of topics really quickly. If we only did email marketing as a topic, like that's a huge topic, but we could quickly cover what you should include in an email and then we could be done. Instead, we have to dive into it a little bit more and talk about how to personalize an email or add a specific spin to email marketing to make it something that's specific to us and something that allows us to show our personality and our niche and what we specialize in. Another thing is to make sure your content's evergreen. That means your content's not tied to a specific timeline. You don't want your content to become obsolete. It should be able to live for at least a year. The most like non-evergreen content we created was COVID related or like working from home. Obviously that was a huge thing that was going on for everyone last year in 2020. And it was a huge thing for us, but in the end, that's changed how we work. So I don't know that how evergreen it's going to be. We were going through kind of a transitional time period. And now people probably are going to work from home more than they ever did before. So to be fair, I think we kept it semi, semi evergreen, semi green, semi green. My big thing with evergreen is I don't really listen to podcasts every single week. I just fit it into my schedule when I have time. So some of the podcasts I like to listen to, I listen to episodes that are like months old. So that's something to keep in mind that people might do the same thing for you. So if it's month specific, like a Christmas episode, for example, if someone's going to be in January um, the next year, or I'm sorry, not January, that's not a good example. If they're going to be in May, it's not really applicable. They're just going to be like, oh, I'm going to skip this episode or delete it from their their queue and move on. So think about that and why evergreen is important. I do that all the time. Like I go back and listen to the oldest episodes of all the podcasts that I love. And one of the things that I skip over, a lot of people do holiday ones. I always skip over the holiday sessions or episodes always. So evergreen definitely is the way to go. Now, if I were to listen to it right when it came out and I was tracking it, usually like when I was commuting to work, that was when like I was on top of recent episodes, I would listen to it. But now I I just haven't. I skip them. It's even funny when you like think about watching a TV show. If you ever go back and watch TV shows and you binge on them, obviously you go through the whole season of the episode. And it's funny when you're watching it in July, but it's clearly a Christmas or Thanksgiving special. And (laughs) there's just something that feels off about it. The same thing happens with your podcast. It feels a little like wonky and weird. And you're like, this just, just isn't relevant at this time. But I was curious, obviously that it's different if your niche is talking about current shows like 
I would just like, I don't know, The Bachelor or current events and things like that. That's I don't know how point. those people do it unless it's just meant to be more of like an ephemeral kind of thing where it's like one and done and then they move on to the next. Can you repeat that word? I have another one to add to my vocabulary for the day. <laughs> Sarah has a ephemeral well, means fleeting like uh we did one of my art classes we had to do ephemeral art so it's like art that doesn't exist for long or goes away after a certain period of time like like chalk art or something it's a very ephemeral art. art yeah because you create it and then the water the rain whatever washes it away and it's gone which kind of seems like it seems sad to me that you would spend all that time and then watch it get washed away but you want to know something about like I think it's Indian culture so you know like mandalas the circle designs they draw those in the sand on shorelines and they spend countless countless hours drawing these beautiful geometric symmetrical mathematically perfect designs and then they just get washed away by the ocean and the lesson is that nothing is permanent that's very cool. I was going to um, ask Sarah if you had one of those like grammar calendars on your desk or something of like, you know, <laughs> your word of the day, because you've said a lot of really fun, fancy words that I clearly have not been using myself. I was going to today. accuse her of reading the dictionary before bed, but then I felt like she knew way too much about that word and I don't know, the situation and the story that there's no way she would have got that reading the dictionary before bed. <laughs> According to the Wikipedia, ephemeral means lasting only one day, which oh. is crazy. No, I like to read. I grew up like reading a lot. I feel like I enjoyed having a big vocabulary. I was like a really good speller, like in fourth grade. I feel like I didn't win spelling bees, you know, but you'd be like that close second kind of person. And now that we have auto spell check, grammar, all of those things, I become a much worse speller because you actually had to. I feel like you had to know the definitions or you had to know the words in order to get it right. It's kind of like, do you guys ever watch my big fat Greek wedding and how he's always talking about how every word comes from a Greek word and he's like, this word from this and it means that and I don't know. I feel like it makes you feel, I like an expanded vocabulary. It feels, not like, I guess it makes you feel smart. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it is true though. It definitely keeps things interesting. It keeps things interesting versus using the same words over and over. What's the movie where she was like, oh, that's great. That's great. Where she always used great. What is that movie? And they call her out for saying great. They're like, can you say great all the time? Everything is great. I don't remember what it is. Mm-hmm. I don't know that one, but I know in How I Met Your Mother, someone said neat a lot and they were like, oh, is it neato burrito? <laughs> Um, there's a gas station by me, though, that does have a word of the day. So when you pump your gas, you can learn a new word. But I find I can't ever remember the words because they're like, I don't have a good enough, like, connection to them or story, as you were saying. I don't have the story or the connection to remember it. Instead, it was just like, oh, that gas station word from yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) I appreciate what this gas station is trying to do, though. I I do, too. Yeah. They I wish write that was stories, funny. though. They need to up their game and write stories so people can make a connection and resonate with it and remember. Yeah, maybe we can help them with that. Yes. Sarah, do you want to propose our services next time you, you need gas? Yeah. Yes, I will ask if I can help Exxon sing something. <laughs> Actually, I have no idea what it is. I don't know. Maybe they would like it as a service. Isn't Exxon the one that had, like, the bad 
they've probably all had the oil spills, but maybe that's their community <laughs> service is upping the literacy and the vocabulary of youths in America. Oh so they God. forget about the oil spills. Oh my goodness. Uh, oh. Okay. Well, that yeah. note, I feel like you should pre-record your intro and outro so you don't end up with moments like this. <laughs> yeah. 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 So we briefly mentioned, I don't know, a few minutes ago, 20 minutes ago, a half hour ago, I don't know, that we edited the intro and outro in GarageBand because we paired the music behind it. And it was easier to do that in the music studio. And a lot of thought went into that. We spent quite a bit of time picking out our music because we wanted to set the mood and the vibe for what we wanted our podcast to portray and how we wanted people to feel going into it. And we like to think that we're fun people. So we picked a fun tune and things like that. So we recorded them ahead of time and we just drag and drop them in instead of having to say, hi, everybody, welcome to blah, 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 blah. This is what we do. And not that I wouldn't enjoy doing that every time, but it, it saves us a little bit. I also think it's about consistency. We said this earlier, like people like consistency. So if you're going to hear the same, I mean, it's like a show, a TV show, you're going to hear the same intro and like the fun spin on it every single time. And it just kind of makes you like, oh, yay, excited to hear what they're going to say. I don't know. It really is branding too. Like James will hear when I'm editing an episode or something and like you have to list like when you're dragging and dropping and you make sure everything's right and before you upload it you have to make sure you you know uploaded the right file and all that stuff so you listen to it so many times and it starts that like boop 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 you know that's obviously not how it goes but in my opinion that's how it goes. <laughs> that's exactly how it goes. Sarah. Exactly how it goes but it's very iconic for me now I hopefully for our listeners one day it will be but you know what it is and what is starting at that moment and it kind of gets you in like the bubbly mood Paige we bought our music off of Envato is that correct is that where we got our music from I believe it was free with Envato because we subscription yeah okay but there was a lot of fun ones it was just kind of like what type of mood do you want to portray and we just wanted to be like fun and bubbly like I think it's literally called summer vibes I want to say. And that was what we kind of felt like when we're drinking wine and chatting with everybody. So we just wanted it to be light and playful. And I think we tried to execute that. One thing though, is try and keep your intro and outro short and consistent though. Like you don't want it to be five minutes because then people are going to be like disinterested and, you know, skipping ahead. There (laughs) is a podcast that I listened to. They recently updated their intro and it is so long. It's so long. And I was like, oh my gosh, I just want to skip through all of this. But if you start skipping through it, then you miss the beginning of the episode and it messes up because they are longer episodes. So like seeking on the little like scrolly mm-hmm. thing is really hard and it drives me insane. So I would advise staying away from that. Well, but I did hear something recently that somebody did with their intro where they actually they have sponsors and they actually do all of their sponsors at the beginning of the episode. So even though it's long, you then have the full listening time without any interruptions or sponsor ads, which is kind of cool, which I appreciate because they're very upfront with it. And then they're like, all right, now we're going to dive in and you don't have to worry about us having like any breaks or anything, which is kind of nice. Well, and I guess think about your personal preferences when it comes to this. Like, I'm pretty sure most of us have Netflix. If you're watching Netflix, they have the option to like skip the intro and things like that. And the only time I will not skip the intro is if I'm not conveniently sitting by the remote and I actually have to get off my butt to go get it. 
So I think we tried to be cognizant of that when we were making these decisions for our podcast. Agreed. It was important for us to all speak in the intro and outro too. So we kind of divvied it up and we had one or maybe two sentences each that we we all said and had our own personality and spin on. So that was fun too, to kind of, you know, build our branding in the beginning. One of the other things we learned at the beginning, because obviously we recorded our intro and outro at the beginning of the podcast before we launched our first episode so that we had it to insert into all of our upcoming episodes. When we launched or even throughout, I guess, the life cycle of our podcast, we've learned to try to record episodes in bulk when you can, because we do have two different types of episodes. We have our full episodes, which tend to be 45 minutes to an hour. And then we have our drunken marketing episodes, which we have tried to keep a little <laughs> bit shorter. I don't know how successful we've been at that. It's always a, the butt of the jokes. But if you can, we so we have successfully done it where we've sat down on like a Saturday and have recorded two to three different episodes so that we can get ahead of things and not have to schedule more recording sessions during the week or what have you. It just kind of saves time. And it creates, it creates less work for you to have to do on a weekly basis. So we do recommend recording in bulk if you can. But also knowing that when you do go to launch, you want to launch your podcast with a few episodes, not just one episode. Because if people like it, you want to give them more content to listen to to get hooked. So you want to make sure that they have some options. Booking our episodes really helped because we do have a full-time job. Some of us have kids. Some of us have other lives, obviously. So our weekdays get busy. So sometimes when it makes sense, we do a weekend and we try and do a couple drunken marketings at a time. And those can kind of get even more fun because we obviously drink during them. And they can be even drunker as the episode goes on. The third episode is just as insightful as the first episode. <laughs> yeah, it's like drunken spewing. I have no idea. But they're, they're always fun. And I think we we tend to enjoy it. We do it on a week weekend that's free for all of us. And then we build ourselves up. So we're not going every single week where we need to record because that just gets to be a lot too. And kind of takes the fun out of it since it is most likely for you and us a passion project. I will say I did like when we recorded on a Saturday because I feel like I was able to like maybe make like a mimosa or have something kind of like nice and fresh and brunchy. And that made me really happy. <laughs> Agreed. Diving into the next section, although we are a very scrappy team and we love the free things that we find and we make them work and try to keep costs low, sometimes it's just worth upgrading. Oh, if yes. you time is money and if you are having at some point time is money I guess when you're first starting off time might not be money I don't know I guess it's personal preference but if you are spending more time trying to make tools work together that don't necessarily work together just upgrade I mean if it's 10 bucks 20 bucks we're all different and we all have different budgets but we've found that sometimes it's just worth it a good example of this is Planoly. We used the free version initially just to kind of get us started. And then I mentioned to the team that there was a lot of really good upgrades that we could do if we pay just, I think it's like maybe $9 a month and we all split it evenly. So it's not too expensive. But the major thing with that one is we weren't limited on uploads. So I could do things in bulk and have a couple months in advance almost done. 
And then it also let me auto post. So when I was busy and I had other stuff going on, I didn't have to go into the app when it was scheduled and do it manually. So it's already done. That was really helpful. And I could post videos. That was a, a fun thing for us because we like to do headliners. And that's a cool tool you guys should look up. It lets you do like snippets of your podcast. And yeah, I, that was probably my favorite upgrade that we've done. Sarah, was do you have any? Well, obviously Descript because <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, Plan Alley's awesome. I mean, it's cool. We're able to log in and see what the feed will look like. We can see what page already has scheduled, what's upcoming. The only drawback I found of Plan Alley is that it doesn't have a LinkedIn publisher, which, and so that's been my downfall is that we don't have the way to automatically publish to LinkedIn. So I have to go create that manually and it just doesn't happen on a consistent basis because it's really hard. I've tried free versions of other ones like Hootsuite and Buffer, which is fine, but you can only post five to 10 at most and it runs out really quickly. Like all of a sudden a week goes by and you're like, all right, all the posts are gone. So now I have to go back there again. So it's just a little, I don't know. If someone could create something, like essentially if Plan Alley could just add LinkedIn, that would be amazing for me, but. Hint, hint, please. Yes, please, <laughs> please. Otherwise, well, do they have like all... a suggestion box? We should go submit to their suggestion box and be like, we want LinkedIn functionality. Mo I mean, most likely people have similar things, but I'm right sure. now Plan Alley does Pinterest, Instagram, and Facebook for what they post too. And I mean, that's mainly where we engage with our audience, but LinkedIn is something we've been testing out to kind of do the community side. And so it just depends on where you want your audience to be. Look at types of social media managers that do things like that, because it'll definitely save you a lot of time. Agreed. Yeah. I would say just try out the free and the trial versions first on most mm -hmm. things to make sure you like it. And then you can always upgrade to the year-long program or the paid version. But if you accidentally sign up for a year of something and you end up not using it, it's kind of wasted. So you just want to make sure that it's actually something that it's going to solve the problems you need it to solve and be as useful or user-friendly as possible. The other thing, too, is there are certain programs where, like, you can pay month by month. So if there's an option to pay month by month to see if you like it first even though it's a little bit more expensive and you save money paying the annual, do the month by month first, see how you like it. And then if you like it, upgrade to the annual. That way you're not stuck in an annual plan where you've invested maybe a hundred or more dollars in something without you know, taking truly taking it for a test drive. So with that, I believe that is what we have for you today. So just to summarize some of our key takeaways that we had for you on our journey, you know, creating our podcast and what we've learned over the past year. Number one, just staying organized. And this one's actually really hard for me. I struggle with organization, but I have to say, like, especially having five people involved in our podcast and our projects, it's so critical that we stay organized. I would probably say that's a recommendation no matter how many people you have involved and even if it's just you. So finding a tool like Asana or something else that helps you do that is gonna be really important. Totally agree. And I, I guess second to that would be scheduling your recordings in advance to hold you accountable, make sure things stay on track and that you get your episodes out as you plan. 
Number three is to start your email list from day one. You never know when you're going to want it or need it in the future. So if you just start it from the beginning, you'll be set for the future. <laughs> set for life. <laughs> I was trying to think of a new word. My vocabulary failed me. Oh, boy. Number four is Google what you don't know. So Sarah could Google a fun new word. But honestly, Google what you don't know because not everybody knows how to start a podcast. You're new at this. We were new at it. Don't be ashamed of that. And yeah, go Google something. And definitely make your content evergreen when you can. Obviously, it's always fun to maybe do like a holiday episode or something else that maybe aligns with a specific current event. But if you keep your content evergreen, you're going to be able to sustain it and repurpose it and reuse it. And your listeners will also be able to go back and binge your content because it doesn't specifically align with a certain point in time. So think about how that plays into your overall strategy and make it evergreen when you can. And number six is thinking 50 episodes down the road. So best case scenario, if you're still recording a year later, you want to make sure you have enough content like we did. And I think we did a good job of that. So mm -hmm. you don't want to be too generic. You want to be able to dive in and give people the real breakdown of whatever topic that is you choose to record on. And number seven is to record episodes in bulk. I feel like that keeps you from having to record on a weekly basis and can help you save time in the long run. Number eight, kind of similar to, you know, planning in bulk is planning your social media in advance, because if you can get ahead of the game, it's going to help you in the long run. Because if you're like most accounts, you post one or two times a day, and that can get to be quite a lot of work. So trying to do that in advance as much as you can. And along the same lines, our last and final key takeaway for you is building your following takes time. I think there's this grandiose vision that when you launch your podcast or your social media that you're immediately going to grow and have all these followers and thousands and thousands of people are going to flock to it. And maybe that is the case. Like if you are one of those people, like that's fantastic and I'm happy for you. But the reality is, I think for most of us, that it takes time and it takes a lot of energy to build that following. So stay consistent and be patient and continue to tweak and adjust as, as needed. And definitely pay attention to the trends and what you're learning as you go. So with that, thank you for listening. And if you're wondering how you can support the show, if you love listening to us, please leave us a review, share it with your friends, family, enemies, or whoever else you think would enjoy the Wine and Whiteboards podcast. And we're always looking for new listeners to add to our wolf pack. Uh, so go howl. ahead. Oh, we got to howl. We have to howl. It's very important. <laughs> we, Kelly isn't here right now. So unfortunately, she was our lone wolf who has now joined the wolf pack. Or if you want to support us in a different way, definitely go and download our new ebook, which is the Scrappy Marketer's Guide to Content Creation. It's full of helpful tips that we've leveraged to create a full circle content cycle. We talked about how we've used our own repurposing tactics in this episode where we leveraged a script to create our social media captions. There's that and a lot more in there if you are interested. And you can find it in our bio on Instagram. Guys, cheers to one year. Thanks for listening to the Wine and Whiteboards podcast. For show notes, links, templates, and other resources, visit our Instagram page at Wine and Whiteboards Podcast. 
And while you're there, follow us to get more hacks and occasional wine-themed humor. If you enjoyed this episode, it would mean the world to us if you would take a minute to leave a review. And don't forget to subscribe so you can continue listening to our marketing tips and design tips. Cheers! Cheers.